This is a Federal News Network podcast. Welcome to the Space Hour, a show to highlight the people in the aerospace industry behind the newest technologies used for exploration and national security. Here's your host, Eric White. Good afternoon and welcome to this month's edition of the Space Hour. I'm Eric White. We start today with workforce initiatives. Specifically, where are space agencies, companies, and military branches going to find enough people to fill these critical jobs? Also, with all three of those groups so intermingled, how do you make sure there's enough to go around? Two organizations are teaming up for what they think is a solution. The Space Force Association, along with the management services vendor LMI, have teamed up to create the Space Center of Excellence. To tell us more about it, I spoke with Bill Wolf, president and founder of the Space Force Association, and Patrick Mahoney, director of the Space and Air Force Markets at LMI. The Space Center of Excellence was an idea that formed uh, out of the Space Force Association because we saw an opportunity to provide additional information about the space domain, uh, specifically in three areas. We wanted to look at how we can collaborate with partners on developing studies to help inform the current Space Force leadership and even broader space community. Then we wanted to look at the opportunity to create a space education and training center for the commercial sector, because unless you go into the Space Force, you don't know that much about the space domain. And so I think there's a tremendous opportunity to create courseware so folks can actually sign in and become, I wouldn't say necessarily experts, but they can start developing expertise in the space domain. And this goes all the way back. It really goes all the way back into, you know, grade school and even middle school and high school and colleges with uh, STEM development. And then the third aspect is how do you look at the emerging technologies in the space domain and figure out some of the best in breed capabilities? And so we wanted to partner with the Air Force Academy, the U.S. Air Force Academy, to create a space battle lab. So industries can come together to bring their current technology to help with this space superiority mission and let cadets and other individuals basically experiment with that technology. And that provides a tremendous feedback opportunity back to the commercial sector uh, to help ensure that the Space Force has have the capabilities they need to do the space superiority mission. So these were just the ideas we were thinking about, and that just culminated with the the Space Center of Excellence. And working with LMI, they said, hey, this is something we want to partner with you on. So I'll defer to Patrick on the rest of the story and and how LMI came on board. Yeah, Bill, thanks. Yeah, you're exactly right. So LMI looks at problems across the whole of government. You know, I just haven't spent my time looking at those problems down in the Department of Defense. And what Bill described to us in in just our collaboration and what, what is uh, on paper and ahead for Space Force, uh, we thought this was a perfect match for us to get involved because we do know from our experience, you know, 60 years in the business now, LMI that is, um, it takes the whole government, it takes industry, it takes partnerships and collaboration with academia. There's a, lot, there's a lot of challenges facing when you're setting up a new organization as fast as Space Force and helping them uh, evolve their mission sets to warfighter needs. So we're, you know, this is this is an area where we can help look at objectively with Space Force Association, where are the challenges existing that we need to start uh, addressing and highlighting from doctrinal, 
policy, organizational design, leadership, facilities, processes. All these need to take into, take into account and workforce is such a critical, critical aspect of this. Uh, and it's gonna be a highly demanded and very thin workforce to try and tap into when you've got industry, you've got NASA, you've got other federal agencies and you got the Space Force trying to compete for these STEM types of skill sets. Uh, that's another area where we, we wanna be a part of helping understand and solving those problems. That's what LMI wants to do is in collaboration with Space Force Association and COE and, and Space Force in particular. This is a great uh, opportunity for all of us to collaborate on these challenges. Yeah, speaking on those workforce challenges, um, you know, we heard Bill discuss a little bit about how you know many people in the industry either have formerly worked for the government or they're coming just coming out of there. Uh, do you, Patrick? Do you see that in the industry side that you know if you don't have any actual government experience, it's hard to kind of there's no well really to go to for uh, these STEM workers. Uh, can you discuss a little bit about what what it's been like from the private sector standpoint on uh, recruitment and so forth? Yeah, so this is um, this is a tough topic for for everybody in this world right now in terms of STEM. Right, you've got uh, industry that's willing to, uh, you know, fail, fail really fast and move on and move on on cutting, cutting new technologies, capabilities, and priorities. And then you've got now the, the, the whole of government, civil agencies such as NASA and military services such as Space Force, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marine Corps, joint communities. They, they all need some of these skill sets. And Bill, Bill alluded to it earlier. This needs to start uh, you know, in the elementary ranks all the way through college and uh, into the early professional careers. So we, what we've seen in our experience working across the government is this is a hot demanded, uh, sh- sh- you know, sh- there's not a lot in the well on this right now. So we're going to have to look at uh, for Space Force and other agencies, how they can incentivize scholarships, uh, leadership training programs. And that's something we've seen uh, very successful in the DOD on all aspects is it's growing and fostering these new workforces. And that allows us to, or at least the government, from a government perspective, compete against these uh, demands on the on the industry side to take the same skills or workforce away. So that's a big challenge. But it's a challenge across the nation. We got, we got to figure out in terms of how do we do this for industry that industry benefits the whole government, in this case, Space Force, and then vice versa. How do we give the skill sets to those that do want to enter into the services, whether uniformed or, or civil servancy? How are they going to be enabled to support the cutting edge innovation and critical missions that need to be served across uh, a Space Force mission? So this is tough, but uh, we've seen success uh, in the government already on this, and uh, we want to help Space Force tap into that. Yeah, and speaking to our guests on all topics, there never seem to be enough STEM workers to go around for anybody. Uh, Bill, he's talking about some of those successes. Were there any models that you all looked at um, when trying to create something like this? I know you created that partnership with the Academy, but um, was was there anything specifically that you looked at um, as the Space Force Association looked at um, to kind of say, hey, you know, they, they seem to have a good idea on how this goes? Yeah, Eric, what we did is, you know, as a retired space professional myself, we had plenty of courses throughout. I mean, I, I attended plenty of courses throughout my career. So I think that's the model that we're looking at is what currently exists in the service and how can we translate some of those service 
interests and education courses out into the civil and commercial sector. And so that's really the model we're looking at. For example, it, it, as a Space Force member right now, you'll go through your initial qualification training at Vandenberg. And then you'll go through your advanced training concepts to talk about the specific mission areas within the Space Force. Additionally, there's some professional development courses that you'll attend, which includes Space 100 through Space 400 uh, curriculum. And so if you look at those courses, those various courses, that's really how the Space Force currently continues to develop and provides continual development of their space experts um, and space professionals and now guardians. And so that's really the, the model that we're looking at to incorporate into the commercial civil sector. Again, if you look at the requirements for jobs, you know, you'll see a, a thousand jobs on LinkedIn right now looking for space professionals. But the requirement has to be you, you've got to have a, a TS clearance and you've got to have four or five years experience in different mission sets. And the only place right now where you can get that experience is through the Space Force. So we've got to open that arc, arc aperture up quite a bit to allow for, um, you know, college graduates who want to get directly involved in the space domain to have the ability to do that. And for folks who are currently involved in the space domain on the commercial sector, be able to go through a course where uh, to align their priorities and be able to support the Space Force priorities. You know, so you create a baseline capability in terms of understanding about the space domain. So this sounds like a good start, um, but, you know, with all those job openings and the needs of uh, the many agencies that are delving into space now, um, what else would be needed to help fill some of those talent gaps? Uh, Bill, we can start with you on this one. Yeah, so I think the real issue is as how quickly it can grow. So the idea is one thing, but how quickly can we expand and scope the concept to, uh, you know, go across the nation? So, you know, one aspect is creating the Space Center of Excellence with the Space Education Training Center hub being located in Colorado Springs. It would be very easy now to partner with the different states to create a spoke methodology to the hub to basically include this curriculum uh, across the nation. Additionally, we're partnering with universities. You know, what is the curriculum that needs to be introduced to universities so that the folks in universities can start understanding not just space operations from a technical perspective, but also the space acquisition process. I mean, there's a tremendous commerce aspect that we have to look at that needs to be explored and examined. So it's not just about limiting ourselves to a online or a in-person class, but creating online opportunities, not just for folks in one specific location, but multiple locations across the nation. So yes, you're right. Uh, and hopefully we can scale to support that need. Patrick, what does uh, industry's role in this? What does uh, LMI get out, getting out of uh, these kinds of partnerships other than, you know, potentially workers when they're, you know, looking for other opportunities? Yeah, well, it, it's a bunch of things. And, and following upon Bill's point about, you know, workforce and workforce education, so one of the things that LMI wanted to get involved with is we understand this takes in educating other stakeholders, too, about why this is important, where the demand is, where the shortages are. So uh, one of the things that is, is beneficial in our collaboration with COE through Space Force Association is we get to help open up the aperture on how do, how do we get other people informed that have a say in this or should have a say in it so that they have the right voice and uh, given that kind of objective perspective, there's a demand out here for this workforce. 
Commerce is going to be looking for folks. FAA is going to be looking for folks. National Science Foundation, the DOD, and then industry. So we need to know what that means to each other, you know, across various different stakeholder populations. So we're talking the legislative branch. We're talking the government across the whole of government, and then we're of course talking about with our partners in industry. So our role in in uh, the CUEs helps to facilitate that dialogue, and that's super important. We get into the heart of the matter of the conversation. We get into heart and in awareness and context of what challenges are out there. And then we get to step step back and look at from our role in collaborating with the CUE and other industry partners, how do we go solve this? And what's the impact that the uh, you know, national security or our nation needs or, or our allies and partners across the globe as well? So the rhetoric on this is super important. And the rhetoric needs to be expanded beyond just the folks in uniform. And they know that. They got to tap into others. And, you know, LMI is chartered to do just that. So that, that's kind of what's at stake for us in this, is, is how do we continue to connect the conversation to the right people? How do we get informed so we can better, better provide services, solutions, support to the challenges and the missions of Space Force or NASA or the FAA in this matter? It, 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 it's a, there's a lot to cover in here. And I think with collaboration with industry partners, the COE uh, and Bill, um, we're, we're going to get exposed to these right, these right topics and try and solve them. Looking towards the future, uh, what sort of specific projects or initiatives are coming up for the COE, or is this just still in the ground phase where there's a lot of uh, planning going on? Or uh, what? What? Uh, what? What are the? Uh, I guess what's the agenda? Yeah, Eric, we're really excited to announce the first space executive capstone course that's going to be executed uh, probably mid June to a very select uh, invite group to get feedback on uh, further curriculum development. And so we are reaching out to industry leaders, uh, policymakers, service uh, leaders uh, in academia to get their feedback on the courseware that we're developing. Additionally, we're commissioning a study with LMI to develop the uh, operational need for organizing, training, and equipping future space guardians. I mean, there's been a lot of discussions about how we ensure that the future space warfighters have what they need or, and current space warfighters you know, because they're, they haven't had to, like other services, fight through a contested you know, world, you know, war to figure out what the critical capabilities are that they need. So independent of that, which, by the way, nobody wants a war in space that extends to or starts in space. We, we all know that. But we have to look at what are the, the range of the future concepts from a, a space test and training range perspective? How do you develop uh, do the operational test and evaluation of emerging technologies? And then how do you put the decision-making process into the hands of the space warfighter to be able to provide feedback into the acquisition cycles for these emerging technologies to ensure that we have the best capabilities that are presented to the space warfighter in the future? And so that's a study that we're working on right now to, to ensure that we can help quantify for the Space Force uh, some of these capabilities that, that are needed and then help to educate uh, the nation on what some of these capabilities are. So those are a couple of big things, but I'll defer to Patrick for additional comment. Yeah, I mean, additional, you know, right on top of all that is you know, the, the studies that we want to be a part of and, we're, and Bill and I and the Space Force Association are, are, are really starting to scope and, and take, take the ground is where, where is Space Force today? 
Where are they from a doctrinal standpoint? Because it, new things are emerging every day that they got to consider in their mission set. And they got to help others understand what does that mean to their mission set? Because the Space Force mission set covers all domains. It's not, it's just not a space set mission set. Space, this Space Force mission covers everything from the, the space to the land and sea domains. And it's super important that people understand how does the Space Force contribute to warfighting effects? How does it contribute to the, to the the protection of space tourism, which is a hugely emerging topic in our in our rhetoric these days, and you know across industry and the DoD and the government? So, I, what does that mean to Space Force? What what are the policies processes being placed? How, how do they go fast into their mission set um, and, and continue to evolve and, and understand where they are today? What are they looking at in the future and what's in between? That's part of the studies that we want to be a part of and that we, we can contribute because then that takes those effects into second and third order conversations, whether it's inside the Space Force for them to evolve and take action on or in collaboration with industry to send the right signal on how industry can help the mission sets that we're discussing. And then what about the other governmental collaboration that needs to occur? I think those are all important aspects of what the COE is going to study uh, and look at it from an objective lens so that the leaders have another platform to um, measure, take action against, close gaps. And um, there's not many opportunities in a community or a government like ours where you establish something so fast. So that comes with its own risk. So this is why I think, uh, you know, an SFA and LMI partnership is so valuable is we're going to stand back and look at things without their pressures and help them understand uh, what, what are the pressures that may be coming down the pike that we got to start addressing while well, you guys go after your mission set every day. So this is an over, over the horizon look as well. So lots of gaps to close today, but we need to understand what they are. What does the future need to look like? How do we evolve there? And how does industry or uh, objective partners like LMI and Space Force Association enable that and expose that to the right audiences. Eric, you know, what we want to do is completely be an advocacy group and allow folks the opportunity to, to go to a reliable source for information about what's happening in the Space Force. I think if you Google Space Force right now, you'll get limited uh, education opportunities to learn more about this, this critical service. And what we want to ensure is there is a place for folks to go that provides an independent perspective and a completely advocacy perspective on what the new service is uh, and without being prescriptive. You know, we, we aren't a advocacy group that's gonna, uh, you know, you, you look across this, the nation right now and there's a lot of critics out there about, about the Space Force. And, and so they have uh, opinions about how they think the Space Force should do or what they think the Space Force should do. And I, I don't think the Space Force needs that right now. I think what the Space Force needs is supporters advocates, people who understand the mission and are advocating for the mission. And so that's what the Space Force Association is and the partnership with LMI with the Space Center of Excellence, that, that's our aim is to be that advocacy voice to ensure that we're putting the necessary resources where they need to be in support of the newest service. 